happy to have them on youth team. Oh, you should feel very proud. But jokes aside, they're fantastic. Um, so great to have them a part of our youth team. And I know we'll share a little bit more about youth, but I know our team's better having Mandy and Eddie a part of it. So thanks, guys. And I was going to share a bit of a youth update, but I think if they are still keen, I'm going to get some of these guys, some of our youth team, to come and share a little bit about what's happening at youth. Bobby, Emma, maybe yeah. someone? Yeah. Woohoo! Maybe just Bobby, the birthday boy. Hi. <laughs> um, so this year we've had basically a different setup. So juniors and seniors at start, not many numbers came. Um, last this Friday there was a bit of an accident which kind of got the ball rolling. Um, <laughs> but he's we prayed for him, which was good, and he came out well. Um, Seniors, juniors was a bit, how you going, but they really did get into it. <laughs> Seniors was like the movie Titanic, it was very deep, especially for us, um, for our squad talks. Um, Dean's a good guy. We got good Thanks, Bobby. You know, not... <laughs> Funny way to start the night, we're all praying, and then a kid comes running in. He's like, Can I get some help? I'm bleeding. <laughs> There's blood. <laughs> blood gushing out of his head. We had um, Sasha helped us out at ED, which was, was, was packed. <laughs> Never seen it so packed at ED. We saw some other people from church with their 18 month old child there as well. We're like, What's going on? But, uh, you know, it was good. We had Steph, who's a trainee nurse, who helped <laughs> stop the blood flow <laughs> coming out of the head. But um, youth is going awesome. Thanks for that update, Bobby. You always know, like, young people are always honest, hey. And it's true, like, when we started this year, I think I've shared, like, juniors has just been like, woohoo, so easy. Seniors is like, crash and burn. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> Awkward atmospheres. But we, um, oh, I don't know. I don't know if this will make any sense. But hopefully it would be funny. But, like, last week, who knew that a game of... Um, Ultimate Frisbee would actually break the atmosphere. <laughs> Has anyone played Ultimate Frisbee before? Yeah, I was a bit hesitant to play this because we played Frisbee at youth probably six years ago and I threw it and it got a girl on the bridge of the nose. It didn't happen this time, so that was good. <laughs> but just how different that we find the age groups are so different. We, we used to run youth all together, so year 7 to 12, a whole cohort of young people here. And that was chaos and we'd draw a crowd you couldn't really go too deep, but split the age groups. They're so defining, having their own identity, which is awesome. And we know the young people we have, particularly with juniors, year seven and eight, they wouldn't come if there were year 12 people here. So um, it's cool. And they're saying the seniors, why would they come if there were year seven kids here? They don't want to mix with the scrubbers. So <laughs> nah, it's been awesome. And you know, even how's the little kids we have? We've got Hudson and a couple of the other kids come along and they're in year seven and they came when they were in year six and the start of the year they started high school and what's cool is that they've got the older guys and girls that they can go up to and get help and the boys Hudson and that little like we're talking they're little they're short <laughs> half our size they were getting pegged with apples so this is what happens at school and when I went to Ulladulla High School like 15 years ago the same thing happened you'd be in the quadrangle and over the building comes these like apples smashing to the ground it's still happening, but the little kids, the little scrubbers we call them, 
they could actually go to their senior leaders and they've been sitting with them this week. So just cool what's happening in with youth and we're excited with that. And um, make sure you guys register for Light Conference. It's open uh, to everyone. If you'd like to come, spots are limited. And you know, stay tuned. We've got the next gen service coming up in a few weeks and that'll be run by youth and young adults. And uh, these guys will run some games for you. So I don't know, I don't know if we'll play Ultimate Frisbee, but <laughs> they'll run some they'll run some games for you, put you through your paces, we'll see, see what happens. But um on the topic of youth today and more on the topic of I guess what I wanna share today, at the beginning of the term I was sharing a quote by a woman named Claire Madden and um Sarah shared her quote a few weeks ago. So she's a social researcher, uh, a youth pastor for a decade or so. A uh, bit of a legend, and she's sort of, you would see her, uh, she's on the project, and she's on a lot of different shows. She's really uh, involved in a lot of things like that. She just put out a book as well. But she was in a webinar, and she was talking about how to engage with Generation Z, which is post-millennials. Does anyone know? Probably if you've got children, that's what they are. They're post-millennials, or Generation Z. I think that's the coolest name for any generation so far. But what she said is that young people are looking for a place of belonging and for a place where they are known. And we all know the world's changed in the last decade or so um, with social media and all those forms of platforms. And you could say that we've never been so connected, but also in the same way, I think that you can flip that on your head and go, we can ne we've never been so disconnected at the same time and she said what young people are crying out for or looking for is real authentic community you know they're looking for a place where they matter and they know what's happening in their lives matter as well and um i think more than this more than the post millennials more than the children in kids church that are looking for this or the teenagers that are looking for this i think deep down in our humanity that's what everyone looks for that's what everyone searched for you know doesn't matter what our age, race, gender, background, future. <laughs> I think it's a desire that um, everyone needs, which is a need for belonging. So the definition of belonging, it's a sense of security to be a part of something. The definition of belong is to be in proper place. And the opposite, or the antonym, is to be insecure. You know, in some ways, understanding belonging is easy. Belonging is about where you're found. Wherever you are found, it will be where you feel that you belong. So if you're like, where do I get my belonging from? You know, you're never gonna be found somewhere that you feel like you don't belong. Does that make sense? I repeated that to Rosie a few times this morning. I'm like, does this make sense? I was like, don't be a yes person. Tell me if it doesn't. <laughs> um, might have a picture come up. Who has heard of Maslow's hierarchy of needs? It may or may not come up, depending. If it comes up, you can just let me know. <laughs> Someone said, yeah. <laughs> oh. But, woohoo, there we go. So, <laughs> this is everything that Maslow says that we need. Um, it's a psychology model. If you need to know who Maslow is, you can um, there's a platform go called Google that you can go and uh, look it up for yourself. You can talk to Adam and Lisa. I did, 
I, did, I do know who Maslow is. I've done some research on him. I don't remember right now. But basically, this is a psychology model. It's a five-tiered model of the human needs with the most fundamental needs at the bottom. So at the bottom, you're looking at <laughs> breathing. <laughs> That's a good place to start. Food, water. It does say sex, sleep. Something I can't read. That's good. <laughs> what is that last one? What is that? Oh. I hope no one can hear this on SoundCloud. <laughs> I clearly should have got one without the writing on the side. Oh. Could be worse, we could be at youth. <laughs> With a bunch of teenagers. Anyway. <laughs> Excretion. Who knows that we needed that? But what you can see is right in the middle, it's actually belonging, you know, and, you know, love and belonging sits in the middle. Um, and the point of showing this, besides embarrassing myself, <laughs> uh, is that uh, even in psychology, you know, it's recognised, belonging is recognised as a basic human need. Um, a human need is a sense to feel belonging. I think we've all learned <laughs> there's a lot of other human needs we didn't know we needed. <laughs> but in some ways, like, I agree with this, but in some ways I don't agree with this, and I'm hoping you guys will be on the same page as well. The model suggests, and this makes sense, that you, you can't reach a high level until you've got the previous level. So you can't get a, your safety needs met until you've got your physiological needs met, and, and so on. Um, you know, you can't feel a sense of belonging until you feel safe, secure, and you've got all those things that um, physiological needs, food, water, and everything like that, which, which makes complete sense. But I would say that depending on where you find your sense of belonging to, determines where it actually fits. And the cool thing is that God doesn't play by our rules or by our hierarchy of needs. Um, if we find our sense of belonging from him, you can sort of forget about the pyramid because you can actually find that sense of belonging. It doesn't matter what predecessors it or where it becomes before. Belonging can actually be found without things in there. Does that make sense? That's good. Oh, we can put the pyramid away now. <laughs> Let's never speak of that again. <laughs> oh, and you can't tell Josh and Sarah. <laughs> so a place of belonging and a place, a place of belonging and a place where you know, put simply, I said this before, it's God. A relationship with God. He can feel whatever desire that we need of belonging, whatever we seek, he can feel that sense of being known that we desire. And I'll try and unpack this, hopefully a little bit better than what I have this morning. And, you know, on Friday nights, this is what we, we try and create. We try and create an atmosphere amongst the craziness of youth, amongst the head injuries. Uh, we set out to create an environment where people come along they know that they belong here, they know that they matter, and they know that they are seen and that they are known, you know. And more than this, our role is not just let's create atmosphere, let's connect people with the God who actually belonging comes from. A sense of being known can actually be filled by, you know, let's connect them with the God who's the source of all this. And, um, you know, can you imagine what the world would be like if everyone, including each of us, walked in a healthy sense of belonging and purpose and identity? Um, and not just a sense of belonging, but a revelation, I belong in God, I belong in Him. 
You know, I don't need to seek out anything else. I don't need to compromise my values to find somewhere I belong because I know I belong in God and that's enough. Imagine what community would look like. Um, you know, because I know I belong in God, that's enough. That's the standard. And, um, and what could things look like, you know? Belonging is to be secure. Belonging is to be secure. To belong is to be in the proper place, and that place is in God, and that's in who God is. Um, 1 Thessalonians, Thessalonians 5, 5, it reads, Your sons of light, daughters of the day, we live under wide open skies, and we know where we stand. And in another translation, it starts off and it says, You are all sons of light, daughters of the day live under wide open skies and know where we stand. I love this verse because it speaks about God's people. It speaks about us and who we are, knowing who we are, knowing our identity, knowing that without needing assurance where we belong, you know, bold, without question, there's no insecurity in them. And this is God's plan for us. You know, Psalm 68.5, it says, A father to the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy dwelling. God set the lonely in families. He leads the prisoners out with singing. And um, if you read that in the NIV version, it says that God sets the lonely in families and he sets the desolate in a homeland. You know, what's the meaning of desolate? Uh, It's an uninhabited place, a place of bleak emptiness. To be desolate is to feel great unhappiness or loneliness. You know, and it says that God sets the desolate in the homeland. So God sets a desolate, empty place that's a part of nothing, home. God sets the solitary, the lonely, in the homeland, a place where they belong. And to be desolate is to be in the opposite place of belonging. You know, if you're in a desolate place, connected to nothing, you know, feeling like you don't belong to anything. And the Word of God says that He sets the desolate in the homeland. And I love that. You know, God is placing people home. And I guess for us who experience a home, depending on what your experience is, a home's more than four walls and a roof. A home is family. You know, a home, it it should, it should equal love, acceptance. You know, a true home, you should actually have a sense of, I belong here, I'm a part of this. And God's not talking about a physical home where we can also experience all these things. God's talking about a home, a family, belonging and purpose that's, that's found in him. It's cool, hey? And the substance of which outweighs far greater anything that the world could ever, ever offer. How cool, hey? And, you know, I look, I can look back over my life. I was once a scrawny teenager, a bit scrawny still. But different times in my life, I've struggled with that sense of where do I, where do I fit? Where's my sense of belonging come from? And particularly as a teenager, who loves being a teenager. And in my early t- 20s, um, I was pretty broken, not in a good place by no measure at all. But amongst chaos, the chaos of my life, you know, one Friday night, I found myself in the youth ministry of this church. You know, I found myself where I didn't know, you know, I didn't know this youth ministry was connected to any church at all. But <laughs> in my defense, the first time I came to youth ministry, it was a dance party. <laughs> Who would thought that a youth group would have a dance party? And I think shortly after this dance party, 
that Shaz brought in. So Pastor Shaz was our youth minister. She brought in the rule or no, the phrase, guys, this is youth. It's not a dance party. <laughs> what was happening is that youth was a little bit of a place to have a hookup <laughs> where you'd get your first or second kiss or maybe more. <laughs> so youth isn't a dance party and I don't think we ever had a dance party since. But <laughs> jokes aside, I <laughs> know. Sorry, guys, no dance parties. In saying that, we, we Ulladulla used to have some dance parties that happened in that time, and they were pretty, it was pretty bad. It wasn't very tasteful and anyway, so we obviously stopped having dance parties because they were imitating what was happening down the road anyway. But jokes aside, you know, that night that I came to youth as a broken young person, insecure, lost, <laughs> scrawny teenager, I found a place where... I belonged and I felt that I was known and yeah the people there actually helped that environment but what did I encounter? You encountered the atmosphere of heaven, the atmosphere of God in that place and you know from, from that night I ended up encountering God and actually starting my relationship with God in that youth ministry you know 15, 16 years ago and you know, I think of Hillsong Church and when you walk in um, or even on the outside of their buildings they have these massive banners that say welcome home. And um, welcome home means more than you belong in this church. Like welcome home actually means you belong in God. You know, you belong in relationship with him. And I think that's awesome. And I know the heart of this church that whenever someone comes into this church, walks through the doors, you know, it's our, it's our heart and prayer that they would feel like they belong, whether it's the first time, the 100th time. You know, they would feel a, a tangible pre- presence of God and know that they're welcomed by God. And, you know, Mandy and Eddie head up the Welcome Follow-Up team and more than just their role to set that atmosphere, that's our atmosphere that we can set as well. You know, and to be someone who finds their sense of belonging and purpose is more than finding, I guess, your sense of where you belong. It's actually about encountering the truth of where you belong and where you fit, where your proper, proper place is I'm gonna grab a drink. Making sense so far? That's good. Check the time. Oh, we're on schedule, guys. So to know where you belong is to be secure, and to be secure is to be firm, to be dependable, not liable to yield or to be displaced. So to know where you belong is to be secure, and to be secure is to be firm, dependable, not liable to yield or to be displaced. And, you know, we had Shaz come the other week and she spoke a word about largeness and increase, about there being more for us and more in this season. And I believe she's right. I believe that there is more for us in every season. So let's position ourselves allow God to go deeper so that when the more comes, we can carry the weight and expanse of what there is to come. So as a believer, when we have correct, the correct view of ourselves, the correct truth of belonging that is found in God, we position ourselves best in best place. We position ourselves best in a place of strength to see this happen. And, you know, May 2018 be a year of strength you know, I don't find my sense of belonging worth identity in anyone. You know, let's make this make sense. <laughs> May 2018 be a year of strength, but we don't find a sense of belonging, our worth, identity in anyone else, in anybody else, 
other than who God is and what he says that I am or we are. And I know for myself, I spent like far too long in my life <laughs> questioning my sense of security or questioning my sense of belonging. It's not worth it. <laughs> you can, you know, months, years, days, hours, um, far too long. I think everyone who <laughs> agrees with that, if you've been in that place, you know, we just spend far too much time worrying about this sort of stuff. We don't need to be there when there is a better option. Um, and remember, when we have a correct sense of belonging, it means we're secure, we're in the correct place, it means we're grounded. And grounded people will always be fruitful people. Um, you know, so much, just on a different note, so much, so much so do we belong to God that He doesn't just call us His servants or His slaves. He calls us sons, he calls us daughters, he calls us his children, he calls us family. That's how important we are. And, you know, I read before from 1 Thessalonians, your sons, your sons of light, your daughters of the day. Um, John 1, 11 says he gave them the right to become children of God. It's actually a right that you can become a child of God. Galatians 3, 26, for you are all children of God through faith in Jesus Christ and missing a section and going to Galatians 4, 7, it says, so you are no longer a slave, but, a, but God's child. And since you are, you are his child, God also made you an heir, you know, so much so you're a child of God, you actually come into the inheritance of God, which is pretty, pretty cool. Romans eight fourteen, for those who are led by the spirit of God, they are the children of God. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit testifies of his spirit that we are children of God. Love that. I encourage you, you know, if that speaks to you, read that a little bit more. You know, it's talking about the spirit of adoption. And you know, to adopt means to choose or take one in as one's own which is exactly what God does to each of us when we allow him to come into our life. You know, he actually takes us in and calls us his own. I love it. It's awesome. And, you know, sometimes we can think that, think of God being completely removed from our world, completely so uninvolved, uninterested, unrelevant, but those verses actually showcase God's thoughts are actually completely the opposite. Hey, you know, God's irrelevant, doesn't care, is so far from what the truth is. 1 John 3, 1 in the message says, what a marvelous, I feel like this verse is like the most joyous verse in the Bible. Now I've sort of set it up, it might fail. Um, 1 John 3, 1, what a marvelous love the Father has extended to us. Just look at it. We're all, we're called children of God. That's who we really are. I think I crashed and burned with that. But it's cool, hey, a part of God's family if we allow, we can actually belong in that place and not seek to belong anywhere else. You know, I spoke earlier about the desire we have to be known. You know, God, God knows us. Colossians 1.16, it says that all things, including us humans, were created in him and for him. Genesis 1.27 says that God created us in his own image. The message version reads that God spoke let us make human beings in our own image. Make them reflect our nature. You know, so much so does God know us inside and out. We're created in the same nature of him. It'd be a bit bizarre if he 
didn't know us, hey? Isaiah 43.1, God says, I have called you by name. You are mine. And Psalm 139, I'm just going to read. I'll start with verse 1 to 4. It says, You've searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit, you know when I rise, and you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You're familiar with all of my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, Lord, you know it completely. Stopping there and going to verse 13, it says, He created our inmost being. You know, we're created by a God who knows the deepest parts of us. Hey, you know, could it be that the authentic community, the authentic love, the sense of belonging we each search for, and the desire for a place or a person to be known by could actually be found in the God who created us. Um, I want to read the story of the prodigal son. I'll grab my Bible. Um, Love this story. So from Luke 15. may come up, maybe, if you're lucky. So the parable of the lost son. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set to offer. Sorry, not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of the country who sent him to his field to feed the pigs. Now he longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no, no one gave him anything. You know, you're desperate, hey? When you want to eat pig food. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set back, I will set out, and I will go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. Probably my favorite part of this story, you know, while the son was still a far way off, the father saw him and ran to him. Come on. The father was actually waiting for him and looking for his son. Hey, that's the only way that he saw him. And I love the fact that, you know, the father could have just stood there and, come on, boy, get here. But he actually ran to meet him partway. And I just, oh, it's one of my favorite parts of the whole Bible. The Bible, hey, speaks to me so much. So he ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead. And he's alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. And we'll stop there. Awesome story. Hey, I love the story of the prodigal son. You know, in that story, who's the father represent? Represents God. 
Who does the son represent us? Sorry, so who does the son represent? He represents us, the lost. And, you know, the son thought that he knew it all. He lived his own way and he came down crashing and burning. Despite all that he had done, choices, faults, actions, his sin, the father welcomed the son home with open arms and made a way for his son to come back home into family, into a place of relationship and belonging. You know, the father knew where the son belonged. It was in him. It was in his family. And, you know, it was more important to the father that the son actually returned home than all the mess and trouble he'd got himself into. And, and how much, I don't know about you, <laughs> I think all of us, humanity can relate to this story in some way because it is a picture of humanity and us coming back to God. But how cool is that's the way the Father actually sees us. He's more focused on our return than on our mistakes. Um, he'll be out there peering, waiting to actually see you coming to meet you halfway. And why is that? We belong to God. We don't belong anywhere else. The father knew his son's gone out, done whatever. He knew where he belonged. It. Belonged it. It's not. <laughs> Woohoo! Just pretend we're at youth, guys. <laughs> we make up our own words. <laughs> oh my gosh. He knew where we belonged. Belonged it. He knew where we belonged and actually made a way. And I think that's awesome. And so often, how would. How, you know, imagine God looking down at our lives and actually seeing us as in that story. Oh, I can see they belong here, but they've actually gone out farther and stretched out too far. But God actually waits for our return. He waits for us to return home. You know, you know could it be the greatest sign or action what God has done to show that he loves us and that we belong to him? It's actually Jesus and his son dying on the cross. Um, might get Ruby to, um, when she finished texting, to hop up on the guitar. <laughs> She's writing notes. <laughs> I'll check those later. So could it be the greatest sign or action, come on, the world has ever seen that we belong to God? It's actually Jesus. You know, him dying on the cross, actually showing that we belong. I think we've had like way too much fun this morning, hey? I've been way too cheeky. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Shouldn't have had that second coffee. You know, Jesus making a way where there was no way for his sons and daughters to come home where they belong and to be in relationship with him. You know, the, this, you can read in the Bible about Jesus when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. Can everyone say, everyone say that after three. One, two, three. Perfect. I tongue twisted that. <laughs> I'm not going to try and say it again. So when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, you can read, he was sweating. And when he was sweating, he was sweating drops of blood, which, as we all understand, is someone under extreme anxiety, you know. But in this place, where was Jesus found? One, he was found in the presence of God. And the other thing I want to outline is that Jesus made a decision and a choice to actually go to the cross. You know, he says, you know, Father, your will, not mine. And on the cross, that's where he moved heaven and earth so that we could actually return and come back to where we belong, in the right place in him. Come on, we belong in him. We'll always be found where we belong, and we belong in him. You know, if, you, if you're like, where am I found? Think about 
Where are you? Because wherever we go, you're always going to be found where you feel like you belong. And I think the question is today, do you feel like you belong in God? And if you don't, why not? And if you do feel like you do belong in God and you are found in Him, come on, let's help other people actually define what you have found. You know, let's not have any doubts. Let's not have any fears about where we belong. Let's not second guess where we belong. And let's not let the needs that God's actually created for Him, that He would fill those needs. Let's not actually allow those needs to be filled by anything else. Because if we do, you're actually living, you know, a second-rate life. As we're positioned in Him, He will meet all of our needs. Every hierarchy of need, (laughs) He'll meet those for you as well. Maybe. (laughs) As we position ourselves in these things, we actually position ourselves in the greatest place of strength to be a strength. And we're going to sing, we're going to pray in a moment. I might get the band up. I'm sort of coming to a close. And I think, um, you know, sometimes without even knowing, we can allow our our circumstances, our, our life, our struggle, the mistakes to actually define us and define where we belong in. It's actually not the way that it's meant to be. Sometimes these things will actually prevent us from entering the fullness of what God has for us. And let's not live in a place of lack of God. Let's live in a place of fullness in Him because it doesn't need to be like that. You know, God is faithful and He'll make a way for us to come back to Him each and every time. So we're going to sing in a moment. So why don't we stand? And I'm just going to pray for you. And, you know, if something that I've said today has spoken to you, we're going to pray into that. So God, we thank you for who you are. God, I just thank you that we belong in you. Lord, and it's our prayer that as your people, as your church, God, we wouldn't be found in anywhere else or anything else other than you, God, that our sense of belonging, purpose, identity would be found in you, Father God, first and foremost, Father. And I thank you as we do that, we position ourselves as your people, as your children to be in a place of strength to be the most effective we can be to reach a broken world, Father God. So for anyone, Lord, who's just feeling that they don't know where they belong, God, I just pray that you would just break that off their mind, break that off their life, Father God, that they would feel a sense of your love, your goodness, your belonging, your purpose, God. I thank you. We're not slaves. We're not servants. You know, we don't live under a black cloud anymore. We live under your grace. We live under your truth. We live as sons and daughters, Father God. So I thank you, your word says, you know, we're sons of light, daughters of the day. We live under wide open skies and we know where we stand, God. And may that be our prayer as we walk out of this place into our community today, this week, the rest of our days, Lord. May we not become confused with our identity, but walk out what you have in Jesus' name. I'm going to hand over to Mandy. Thanks, Mandy. Amen. Amen. Give Dean a hand. Thanks, Dean. Thanks, Dean. All right, guys. Well, we're going to end with a song and just may you have a great week and stay for a cuppa if you wish afterwards. And, yep, come up the back if you want to know anything else. Amen. Okay, show me your dance moves, everyone. (laughs) Let's dance into this week. I was lost with a broken heart You picked me up, now I'm set to fall From the ash I am born again Forever safe in the Savior's hands 
Cause you are, you are 